Hello, and welcome to Ground Control Parenting, a blog and now a podcast created for parents raising black and brown children. I'm the creator and your host, Carol Sutton Lewis. In this podcast series, I talk with some really interesting people about the joy and the job of parenting. Today, we're going to do something that I haven't yet done before in the GCP podcast world. We're going to have a part two. Last week, we talked with Naima Keith about arts and art education, drawing upon her incredible expertise. But today, we're going to talk about a different topic, drawing on her expertise as a mom of two adorable children. So first, a little bit about Naima, for those of you who didn't hear last week. <laughs> Naima is the Vice President of Education and Public Programs at LACMA, which is the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. She holds degrees from Spelman College and UCLA and is a proud native of Los Angeles. She and her husband, Eduardo Soriano Hewitt, have two children, Ella and Evan. This is part two of our parenting conversation. Today, we're talking to Naima, whose children are four and seven, about social media and our kids what we should think about, what we should worry about, what we should know, and how to handle it all. So welcome back to Ground Control Parenting, Naima. Thank you so much for having me back, Carol. It's, it's, a th- it's really amazing to think about uh, you know, moving from the art education space all the way to social media, but let's do it. I'm game. <laughs> Great. So I have been thinking about this topic for a long time, and I'm really excited to talk with you about it because you're giving me real, actual, real life, real time mom experience with this. So let's start by framing the question. What have you been thinking about slash worrying about slash wondering about with respect to social media and your kids? Ooh, um, to be 100% honest, you know, when I, so I, I, I've had a social media account uh, prior to me having children and I was mostly pretty active on Facebook. And then of course, like many of many people transitioned to, to Instagram. And I was pretty active on both platforms, showing, you know, friends and family, or just kind of what I was doing socially, but also, you know, kind of using it as an opportunity to, to just show people what I was looking at and what I was excited about. And so for me, social media was an opportunity to just show people the amazing things that I had access to. Because people often ask me, non-art people, uh, what show should I see? Or you know, what artists are on your radar, not because they wanted to become collectors, but just they just needed a guide. They just needed someone to kind of help them navigate, you know, the museum space, which can often be intimidating for a lot of people. And, you know, once I had my children, uh, it just felt natural to me to want to post because it was like I was already kind of, you know, posting my social life and I was posting my art life. And so like, why wouldn't I also post my kids, to be honest? I Mm -hmm. maybe didn't think as carefully about you know, what it would mean to, you know, kind of put their image on my social media, you know, social media pages and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of saw it mm-hmm, as an outgrowth mm-hmm. of, of my life. But also because, honestly, I just didn't know at the time as many curators who had kids. So it was also a way to kind of say, yes, I'm a curator. Yes, you know, I at that time worked at the Studio Museum in Harlem. And I'm also a mother. And so it was very intentional for me, not only just to post my kids, but in some instances, kind of post real life moments of what was happening, you know, mm-hmm. with me and to me and, and just kind of navigating the world of being a curator and a mom at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so do you still feel that way? What's making you think more about that now? Has anything changed over the course of your posting about the kids? I think, you know, as I become or I guess we all become, I think, more and more aware of how not just information is circulated, but also the permanence of information, you know, like the idea that, you know, and also in terms of like the ownership of images. And I think more recently, it's become 
I think people have become more and more aware of who owns what image. So I think we were all kind of in the beginning, mm-hmm. like I said, posting to Facebook, for example, with like reckless abandon. Like it was just kind of like, oh, you know, here's what I'm eating and I'm doing and seeing and all that <laughs> stuff. And then it became more and more clear that Facebook actually owned those images. Like once you post, you know, at least that's what my understanding. Mm-hmm. And so while I am certainly aware of those things, I haven't maybe shied away from posting the kids because as much as I'm, I'm afraid of, of course, you know, their image circulating on these scary sites, mm-hmm. I also connect with so many other mothers, so many curator moms that say, thank you so much for posting about your experience, you know, with, <laughs> for example, like a couple of days ago, I, I posted um, about my son and taking him to the Hammer Museum. And, and, and he was, I saw that, <laughs> you know, scooting on the ground. And, and I just caught the, you know, just some of the things I actually had to like go catch him. So I couldn't film it. And, you know, keep him from touching a Bob Thompson, which would I would have fainted probably. But I think people assume that because I'm a curator and I work in education, that my children are like perfect angels when we go to museums. And I was in a way making a very, you know, a humorous statement like, no, no, I work. Yes, I work at a museum. I work with kids every single day, but my kid still crawls on the ground and, you know, lays on the, you know, whatever. And so I think it's the, that type of feedback or that type of connection that I make uh, with with my colleagues, it helps. It feeds my you know desire, I guess, to keep posting. But I am I am definitely more conscious of how often I post mm-hmm. or what I post. So I try not to post like all you know all the time of what they're doing. And um, so I'm, I'm aware, but I'm I feel like they're young enough, and also what I'm posting is not detrimental to them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I just want to take a step mm-hmm. back and sort of look at the world and and how it's changing. So first first. We should look at the value. To your point, for many parents, social media is is either the best friend or the enemy, and I I would suggest it's it's sort of but neither and both. Yeah, right, exactly. I would I'd agree with that. But there is so much value that we saw so clearly in this pandemic of the ability to connect as a community on very many different communities through pictures, through pictures and little captions, and through the beauty of being able to scroll past or even just uh, block something that you didn't want to see. So while we were all stuck in our homes, we felt like there's this world outside, there are friends, they're still there, you know, their kids are still there. And the, the biggest thing about social media is that it's so hard to study because mm-hmm. it's so new and it keeps changing. And it's, it's a hard thing to take perspectives on things that that nobody really knows the yeah. actual impact on. It's not like the Surgeon General has said, okay, yeah. this is a bad thing. <laughs> it's like we're we're all just kind of doing what feels right. And you mentioned this to me last in the last session, which is really what prompted this conversation for me. And that was your perspective that, you know, in in a lot of social media feed, a lot of Instagram particularly, there is this tendency for people to sort of put on their best behavior, you know, make everybody look amazing. And particularly as the mom of two young children with a very busy life, you were frustrated by seeing everything look so perfect. And so you wanted to assure people, as you've just said in your example, that it isn't. And so everybody can just sort of yeah. calm down, you know, <laughs> even, even for this esteemed art curator, her children are not sitting there with arms folded, know, right? hands folded, looking at the artwork, <laughs> which is really comforting and, and real and, and people appreciate. Now, the reason why I think this is worth exploring a little bit more, though, is because there's been some things written now about this phenomenon of parents including their children in posts and in, in pictures on the internet. And it's this phenomenon. I didn't know it had a name. It's called oh, sharenting, wow. which is, yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> sharenting. I, I, okay. I love it. 
hard to say, but yeah. sharenting, yeah. like parenting <laughs> would share. Sharenting is a, is a kind of an umbrella concept. And it includes what we are not talking about, which is parents that are trying to monetize their children. I mean, we all know now that in social media, since there are influencers and you can be paid and, but that's, that's a whole, that's a different category because those are parents that have decided to try to monetize their cute kids. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the rest of us who share our lives, feel the real community in the world with people that we don't live near or talk to and want to, um, want to show how things really are, also want to see other people's kids. I mean, want to in this world, particularly over the last few years where it's been more difficult to see people, we want to we want to have that sense of community. So it comes from a very good place. The the issues that have come up though when we're talking about Sherrington, and again, this is not to suggest that it's an evil practice, but some of the things that parents don't always think about is the permanence of yeah. it. In fact, there's some study that says that 34% of children's digital footprints begin in utero oh, yeah. because their parents and are putting I was like, what? ultrasound like, pictures. Right, because you're posting, you know, here's my right. belly pics. And then it's like, here are the sonogram pictures. And, right. You know, so you're right. right. I mean, exactly. Wow. Okay. Exactly. And to some degree, that's fairly harmless. You certainly can't identify any kid by their picture in utero. Yeah. But if you're going to post in utero, you're going to right. post when the baby's born. I mean, it sets up the, the and, and it, it's natural. You This is a new phenomenon in your life that you want to share. Now, the reality, though, is sort of the, the permanence of it. And, and to your point, there's an issue of who owns the images. But beyond that, we begin to give data about yeah. our kids. I mean, by putting them out there, we we are revealing data about our kids that we're not always as conscious that we are revealing. I mean, how old they are, what city they live in. And that data could be acquired by data brokers who sell it to advertisers. And and there's a reason why everybody now who is scrolling anything is marvels at how the ads seem to really speak to, it's like, oh my gosh, uh, that outfit looks just like <laughs> something I really want to buy. It's like, it's not, right. it's exactly. not magic. <laughs> Well, just to say that to your point, I mean, just that, 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 you know, that there's that data that's been, that's being collected, right, about this person, you know, your children, uh, without their right consent, right? The idea that, you know, Ella, my daughter, is not quite old enough, but she understands what social media is. I mean, she, she knows. Um, she doesn't, obviously, she does not have an account. Uh, we, you know, everything that we post about the kids is through our own platform. But just to say that, you know, data has been collected or is being collected about her technically without her permission, mm-hmm. right? So that when she becomes 18 and, you know, what, what, whatever age we feel comfortable giving her a social media account, that she would already kind of have this, like, you know, this history of, of posting well before she has actually agreed to. Okay. Okay, and mom, no, I just hate to break I, it to I you that 18. 18? I was like, no, I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, I know. So I know. a girl can dream. But just to say that I'm trying to, like, push off... <laughs> I know, but just to say that, uh, you know, whenever she, whenever we decide to let her have a mm-hmm. social media account that she already technically had this mm-hmm. long history mm-hmm. of. Right. And, and I think, I mean, not only does she have this permanent footprint, do children have this permanent footprint? They have a, a permanent footprint of images that may or may not resonate right. with them when they are 12 or 13 or 15 or 18. And to that point, uh, one of the things that has been suggested is that if at an early an age as possible, you talk to your children about consent, which, by the way, 
as I've learned from my guest, Alexis McGill Johnson, who is the head of Planned Parenthood, we should be talking with our kids at a very young age about consent mm. on all fronts, <laughs> but consent in terms of asking them if it's okay if you post this in the sense that, I mean, they're not at five or seven, they're not going to sort of fully understand it, but to the extent that they feel like they have some agency in the process so that if there's an adorable picture of your child who with like food all over their face and, and for them it was a really, or they're crying or something. And then it's a really embarrassing moment for them that you might not envision as such right. because you just think it's adorable. I think sooner than we might think it might be a good idea to just get them to understand that this is going out, particularly if you have, like most of us do a public account. So like we we're going to a group of friends, but we're also going to the world. The correlate to that is that you tend to need to respect their wishes. So if you've got this picture that you think is just amazing and your child says, Ma, I so hate that picture. Please don't put it up. You kind of have to sort of change up your plan because it would, it, it sends another kind of signal if you, if you do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it anyway. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the show. So my elder, my daughter knows I have a social media account. She, knows that I, I post the kids occasionally. And, and now when I take a picture, if she thinks it's like, she'll ask me to post it. So she'll say, post this one, mom. And like, she'll like do a pose or she'll do something. So 90% of the time I don't post it because I'm like, okay, my, <laughs> my feed will be flooded with just pictures of my daughter posing. But it's just to say that um, while I a hundred percent, a hundred thousand percent agree with this idea of consent, I'm also wondering if kids, especially, you know, at a younger age, fully understand the rem, you know, the, the enormity of the internet, right? The, the permanence of the internet. Like for them, it's about, because they're literally born into a world where the internet is just, or, you know, social media is just a part of everyday life. And so there's mm -hmm. no, you know, for her, there's, there's no downside, right? To, to post, so like, oh, why wouldn't we share with our friends? You know, like, why wouldn't we share with them mm -hmm. exactly what we're doing and you know me wearing sunglasses me eating spaghetti like she just is kind of like mm -hmm. why don't mm -hmm. we post all the time so it's just this idea of involving your kids especially at a younger age and the conversations mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. social media are an interesting one because again i don't think that they fully realize th that these images will be around for literally forever <laughs> so right right and then i guess at that point that's where sort of the parental values kick in sort of like what what's the goal here and you have a goal that is to feed your community and, and right. interact with your community, but also to say working moms with kids have, uh, it's real life and we can all relate on this level. So it is your, so for you, consent is not necessarily sort of letting her take the lead on what's a good picture, but it's more, does it fit into what you're trying to say? I mean, to your point, if you followed her lead, it would be an, an Ella feed of her every <laughs> every move. And somehow I think that would not be what you would want your feed to be. <laughs> no, I, I love my child, but no, I don't. This is really no. Oh, yes. No, <laughs> no. I, no. That, no I, I, I think, again, the question is, is, you know, everyone kind of says these like images live forever. And but I, I think at least I haven't seen and I'm sure you'll get feedback on this from the episode but I haven't seen how it kind of comes back to haunt you, if, if that makes sense. Like I haven't, we, we've all been like scared and we've all been kind of made to understand that, again, images in the, that once the internet lives forever and blah, blah, blah. But maybe I just haven't seen the, 
the downside or kind of what's happened or like, it's all kind of mm-hmm. like either anecdotal or, you know, those kinds of things. Or I'm like, oh, in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I post this kind of picture, then, you know, it's not like it's like a headshot or like something that could be monetized or used, you know, in some other way. And so maybe that's because of that, it, it's made me a little bit more comfortable or, or willing to, to post pictures. But um, again, I know it exists. It just maybe hasn't happened to me. Yes, no, I no, 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 I hear you. And and you're right. First, you know, just to quickly note that there is the, the darkest side, I mean the scariest side is that people, you know, know where you are, know who your kids are, and if they see them in real life, you know, they have or or they take the images and put them in, in as we all know, images can be manipulated. Yep. That is horrific, but that's not what parents should be most focused on. They should know that happens. But when you, when you think about sort of what's the impact, there is, I, I'll, I'll first say that actually it, it's a child-dependent impact. So the first thing I'd say is that you should know your child. I mean, your daughter clearly understands what's happening, is fine with the images that she wants to show. Clearly she has a healthy self-esteem and, and she's she's adorable. And I mean, I don't think there's automatically harm but if you were to have a child, for example, who turned out to be more introverted, let's say, or, mm-hmm. or over time felt that he or she wanted complete control of how they appear to the world. I mean, when we post our kids, it lessens their young kids, it lessens their ability to have their own digital footprint. And depending on the child, when they begin to Google themselves, it could right. have an impact. I mean, as soon as you know how to Google yourself, <laughs> you you could. And if you're a child who is happy with what they see, that's one thing. And and then if you find you Google yourself and find out you're you're there, yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be a scary thing. So it's really it's really child depend. I mean, first step is know your kids and and keep the lines of communications very open with them, so that if they do. Google themselves and are horrified to find out that they're there. I mean, for whatever reason that yeah. horrifies them, it's a good opportunity to have a conversation. I mean, it's not, it's not crisis. It's just sort of have a conversation. What I hear more of, which your children are far too young for you to focus on, but what I hear more of in terms of consequences are as children are older, how much of these pictures are accessible to people who can determine things that happen to them later in life, for example, admissions directors and employers. And I mean, an adorable picture of your son scooting along a museum floor is not going to, I mean, if anything, it'll be like, (laughs) oh, how cute. But just imagine, just imagine if someone posted something that they thought was hilarious that their child did, which was in fact a prank or something that was, you know, and, and this really relates to them when they're a little older. But again, if parents aren't thinking about this at all, there wouldn't be a sort of natural dividing line of when you I was would say, stop. That's, literally that's my another issue be, that I want to get to in know, a minute. In, in thinking that, yeah. of course, I've heard that where, you know, because of the internet and, you know, you can pretty much find anything all the time. Should there be a, a cutoff age? Like, should there be an age where you're, A, you have much more of an understanding of consent or just, you know, the impact of, of what it means to be, you know, on the internet, but also the idea that then people can then, you know, use these images against you or whatever else. Like, should there be like, you know, at 10 or something? Should there be a cutoff age? Yeah, I do think, I think that it would be a good idea for parents to start thinking about that there could be an age for that and what mm-hmm. age that would be and, and start talking to the children before that age 
or maybe it's the age at which they have the ability to have their own right. social media account. I mean, I'm thinking about parents for whom this is a natural act and they otherwise wouldn't see a reason to stop. I mean, I think one could sort of set up the conversation like, you know, I love to post pictures of you. It's part of our life. And, and I think it's a great pictures. There's going to come a time when I'll stop posting as regularly because you should be able to determine when you're old enough to have an account, sort of what images and, and, and we should talk about them. That's very important. You should, you should, when you have that conversation with your child, you then say, and you and I should talk about what those images are, because I, I really, I can't say enough how important it is for parents of young children as they have access to their own accounts to monitor them. I mean, I know there's a whole school of thought that, you know, that's privacy invasion and, you know, you don't want to sort of crowd your child, but yeah. it's the wild, wild west out there. And to the extent that you can hold on to, when my kids were young, we used to make them friend us on their Facebook pages. <laughs> that's so antiquated now. But <laughs> but we're like, you can't have a page. if we're, And they, depending on the child, they push back really hard. And I had to say, okay, I will never comment. I won't comment to you verbally. I will never comment on your page. I just need to be yeah. able to sort of have access. And I, I didn't check it every day, but I just felt like, I was making it less likely that something would go really, really, really the wrong way. Yeah. And also, I think just them knowing that you have that access, I think, could make them think twice about what they're posting, right? Like knowing that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, I was at a dinner and an artist dinner and um, I was sitting next to a gentleman and we were talking about emails and just like, you know, the number of emails we all get and just the length of emails. And sometimes you just get really frustrated and you want to write something in an email that, you know, you just want to express yourself. Let me just say that on an email. And he was saying how he received advice uh, where before sending an email, imagine as if your mom is BCC'd on the email. <laughs> so basically don't write something that you wouldn't <laughs> be comfortable with your mom reading. Right. And so the same kind of idea where in social media that like, I'm, you know, I'm sure that even though they push back, knowing that you had access to their page or that you could read their comments would hopefully make them think twice about whether or not to, you know, to post a certain thing or to mm -hmm. post a certain video or a picture or whatever else. And so the problem is like, you know, kids nowadays are just so savvy in terms of like, okay, who sees what and who has access to what? And you can turn off, my mom can only see certain things, whatever. But just right, aside right. from them, assuming that you had Right, right, right. There's one account, then know, there's a right? fake it's account. Kind of like, okay, but... <laughs> so. I think what's intrigued me more recently, and I've, I've definitely thought about doing it, is just putting, you know, hearts over their faces or, you know, smiley faces mm -hmm. over, you know, my kids' faces. Uh, I imagine that's in response to, you know, the privacy aspect where the idea that mm -hmm. I'm still mm -hmm. giving you access into my life, but I'm not necessarily giving over, right, the permission um, for people to have access to, to their images, or images of my kids. So that's, that's been intriguing. I imagine, again, it's like you know, until the kids can get to an age where they can say, yes, mom, I want, you know, I'm okay with you posting my image. And so that's when you remove the, you know, the emojis or the, you know, the hearts or those kinds of things. So it's like, I guess it's kind of meeting in the middle. And, and so it's interesting, but I do think carefully about the images that I post. And so I don't feel as strongly about needing to put emojis over their faces because I'm like, okay, I'm not posting anything that I would be uncomfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, someone commenting on it or someone mm -hmm, seeing mm -hmm. it. So, but it's kind of, I've noticed how moms are, are trying to kind of meet, you know, kind of reach that middle ground with doing that. Yeah. I've seen mothers of newborns start, start with that. 
The the only thing I would say, I think it's a great concept. I would say I have seen it's challenging to keep up. And and I guess if if the goal is to not ever reveal your child's face, I've seen several instances where they start out with great intentions, but then they'll do a video and they can't keep the thing over the video. And it's sort of, I think it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a very good idea in concept. I think, depending on the emoji, I mean, sometimes it gets a little odd to see like a, an actual picture with some really I know, weird it was like kind a larger emoji and all that, that stuff so yeah like I, said, I think it's like one of those right. like you can still see that the you know the kid is one or two or three you know but you can't like it's just not the mm-hmm. full image that is you know a little bit of the middle so it like i said i think that um it, you started out by saying this where it's you know we're still so much i think in the wild west when it comes to the internet in terms of their participation either knowing or unknowing in social media i mean it's it's still Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, an area or a genre that I think we're fully trying to grasp. So. Absolutely. I, I would say that the, the best advice at this point is to, first of all, think about it. I mean, think about it as a concept. And I'll just quickly say that I, whenever I talk about parents and social media, I, I often use my analogy of the ostrich and the peacock, the spectrum of parental social media savvy. I call the ostrich the parent who has their head firmly in the sand and figures, I don't want, I'm not posting. I don't want to have anything to do with social media. So therefore I know nothing about it. And my 10 year old or 11 year old is as far as I know, not doing anything. I mean, that doesn't describe what we've been talking about. But I do think that parents listening, if they have that perspective, like this doesn't apply to me, because I don't want to have anything to do with it. I, that is, I think, I a dangerous like a, a 90% deal. chance that your child has that is 11 has right, some right. sort of <laughs> online presence that you just don't know about. Like, oh, that's like me too. No, whatever, exactly. <laughs> being honest. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the flip side of that is the peacock who just can't uh, her I say her because mostly women I see this but people men as well cannot let a moment of a life go by without some sort of presentation of what they are doing and by uh, by association what their children are doing and so it's a lot of marketing of their lives but I mean hopefully most people kind of fall in the middle there they but but I I really think it's important for parents to even if you don't post a lot to really stay focused yeah. on the thing. I mean, you can't not be smart about it's, this kind of thing. You yeah, really it's, it's a rabbit hole, right? Such a multifaceted conversation because I think, you know, with algorithms changing and everything else, it's like you're rewarded when you post more often, rewarded being in terms of like more people see the post or, you know, more people see it if you include video. I mean, there's so many, you know, more people see it if you post your stories versus so it's, even though it's up for 24 hours, technically is a kind of a wider reach. And so if your goal is to reach more people, then, you know, posting a story is more advantageous. So it's just to say that depending on your goals, I think when on social media, you could be seduced or lured into posting more often or, you know, posting different types of content because you, you know, you're like, oh, I notice I get more likes if I post this type or I post more often. So it's just, it's just so interesting. Um, And I noticed that even with myself that, you know, my, my family or my kid posts definitely get more likes than like my art posts. Mm-hmm. And so it's not mm-hmm. to say that I'm like, oh, now I need to post more, post mm-hmm. more kids, but just just post more of my kids. But just to say that I, I do notice that there's a different type of um, response. Right. Even though this is wow, wow, Westy, I mean, at the core of this is this community, this yearning for community and the satisfaction of community. So my suggestion is not that we sort of all like run screaming away from this as as a thing, but more that 
we really do have to think about it more carefully. The, the, what you just said about the different ways that Meta encourages people, Meta being Instagram's owner, um, encourages right. people to post because then you get more views. Everybody should know that. I mean, that is just information that people should know so that they're not sort of, I, I worry a little that people just sort of blithely and naively just like, oh, here's my baby and not think about it. And then, you know, edu be an educated consumer, first of all. <laughs> and secondly, make your kids educated consumers. So you're not just helping them become or, or satisfy wishes to become famous. I mean, or whatever it is that little kids like about <laughs> being on the digital stage. So we're going to wrap this up because we could talk about this forever <laughs> with, with no real conclusion. But I, I would just encourage parents to sort of model good social media behavior generally themselves. I mean, if your tendency is just to post every single thing, I would ask to ask, like, why are you posting this? I mean, you, Naima, have some really good reasons for why you're posting this. But and, and the reason I say that is because whatever you are doing, your child is going to want to model that. So I, sh I should rephrase that. Do whatever you want to right. do, but understand that your child is going to model that and think about an 11-year-old's perspective on this versus your mature adult perspective. And think about, just think about the positive and the negative implications. Just thinking about it, I think, is a huge step towards feeling good about yeah. whatever you decide to do. No, it's, it's um, you know, I think we're all navigating it, you know, in, in different ways um, and trying to just do the best that we can. You know, like I noticed, uh, as I've said earlier, that you know, Ella will, mom, take a picture of me and then like post it, you know, she'll, she'll want me to post more. And so I'm, I have definitely thought twice about, okay, should I be posting the kids? And she'll ask me to kind of look at my Instagram account and she wants to see, you know, like, oh, you know, that she doesn't necessarily know, she knows, yeah, obviously, you know, she can count. So she could see in terms of like numbers, but she doesn't understand like a, a good post versus a bad post. And I, of course, do not go into that with her. But it's just to say that, you know, as, as parents, especially parents of color, I, th I think we're just trying to navigate this as best we can. And I think, you know, overall, though, I, I, experiencing and uh, feeling the sense of community uh, that, as, as you were saying, that, that we get um, from sharing information about our kids and our lives, at least for me, it has outweighed um, whatever kind of negative. But it's like I said, as, as, as they get older, I've definitely been thinking twice about what to post and, and how often um, when it comes to the kids, again, because I don't want her mm -hmm, to be applying mm -hmm. for a job, you know, and, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in a couple of years right, and they right. bring up the school, yeah. you know, the picture of, of Evans, you know, <laughs> so it's just to say that, you know, it, it's, it's um, definitely give me, you know, food for thought, but I think, and as of right now, I, right. I, I continue to post them without the emojis. <laughs> I, I I would encourage you to think about a time yeah. when you wouldn't, I mean, as opposed to wondering whether there should be a time, I would encourage you to figure out when that might be and not just drop it on them. I mean, just sort of say, okay, this is great. There'll come a time when you will be able to sort of have your own, you know, footprint. I mean, I I post pictures of my kids who are, you know, in I their love 20s. The pictures and, of your kids. And, 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 vineyard and you're like, you but, know, like, <laughs> I know, right, it. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, we all ask now, okay, to post. I mean, we all just ask each other because, I mean, shoot, I'm the one that they have to ask because I'm such a <laughs> critic of my pictures. Like, no, don't post that. But but no, I really do because it, it, not only do I care whether they want me to post this picture, but it's just, it's building on that value of right. you get a say in right. this. You know, you're, it's, I'm, you get a say in this. And that's actually what I want to sort of conclude with. What we're really talking about is values and 
how you impart them to your kids and, and, and the recognition that however you're doing the social media thing, it is sending signals to our children of a lot of different things. And to the extent that we know that the suggestion is not stop doing it, but just understand like that, that, you know, for example, when Ella says post this, post that, you, you might want to ask her sort of why this one or why that one? I mean, what's the, the goal? And, and when she sees, as she does now, and I'm sure she will continue that, her picture gets a lot of likes. I think it's important to explain to her, while that's interesting, right. it's not important or doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's like art. If she could look at herself as like a piece of art that people like versus saying anything yeah. about her personally, because that's the thing that I worry about since, you know, this is such a new day in this, like how children start to internalize yeah, the value is, is ever tied is to happening. Oh, you know, I, this got 300 likes and this one got a thousand like, you know, like that kind of, well, why didn't this, you know, yeah. did that's, yeah, that's yeah. a slippery slope that is right. Just, right. Dangerous, right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right. But, but you can, you can just open the lines of communication. So at least you can talk them mm -hmm. down. And then finally, the thing that I think we are all learning so clearly these days is do not post in real time. Yes. Nobody needs to know where you and your children are at that very moment. <laughs> Please wait until you get to the next location. <laughs> Only yeah. because, I mean, seriously, this world, uh, th there's been criminals that have been watching these. It's just been horrific what has happened to people, not just with their kids, but just with their posting. And, that's not something that I think I certainly hadn't thought about before, you know, like, oh, I'm in fill in the blank. I want everybody to know. And there's some advantages because I've been in places where people have said, oh, you're there. Go check out this. And that's great. But the downside is they know that you are there. They know you're yeah. not at home. Yeah, they, I mean, there's a lot, <laughs> there's, there's a lot, a lot of downsides. So, so, so Naima, I love thank this. you, thank so, you so much. much I love to, you know, yeah. glad to be uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, inaugurating. I hope you hope you do more of them because as, <laughs> as you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I've listened to pretty much every oh, episode thanks. and there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, I would love, you know, if, if they were able to continue the conversation. So I hope this is the first of many opportunities to, oh, to have a part two. Thank you so much. And, and I'm delighted that we could inaugurate you, this Carol. with you. <laughs> After my conversation with Naima, I wanted to check in, get a little bit more expertise on the subject and see if there's anything we might have missed. So I reached out to Tali Horowitz, the East Coast Education Director of Common Sense Media, to ask a few follow-up questions. Common Sense is an organization dedicated to helping kids thrive in a world of media and technology. I'm a member of the Editorial Advisory Board of Common Sense Media, and I know it's the trusted source for kids and parents for information and education about the digital world. Hi, Tali. Welcome to Ground Control Parenting. Hi, Carol. It's great to be here. Great to have you here. So I recently had an extensive conversation with a mom about posting about her daughter and son, her daughter's seven, son is four, on social media. We talked about how parents love to post about their kids, to keep in touch with their friends and their communities, or to create a community, or as this mom noted, to demonstrate that things aren't always as perfect with our kids as some Instagram posts might have you believe. But we also talked about some of the not so great potential downsides of posting and how parents can think about balancing the good with the not so good. And I wanted to ask you for your perspective on a few issues. The first one is how worried should parents be about the extent to which their posting impacts their young children's privacy? So I think just in terms of background and framing it is just some points to consider is that once you post a photo online, you basically lose control over it. 
So that means someone could easily copy mm -hmm. the photo, they could tag it, they could save it or otherwise use it. And you might never know. And everything that you post has information that's valuable to advertisers and data collectors. So posting a photo mm. of a kid identifies you as someone who might be interested in baby products or, you know, younger children products, for mm. example. So I think for me, the takeaway is let's not worry about it. Let's just be mindful about it and take action. So whenever you're posting a mm. picture of your kid, take a moment to think about whether it's worth it in terms of the impact it might be having on their privacy and their digital footprint. Consider, is this something that you need to share with everyone or could it be something that you're just sharing, you know, via private chat? I think every photo warrants a moment mm. of that mindfulness. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that's a good beat to take before you just instantly post something. So, so when your kids are really little, I mean, they, they can't have a say. They don't have a say. In fact, as I said in the podcast, like some 34% of kids first appear on Instagram through a sonogram. So, <laughs> I mean, it takes a while for kids to really understand what's going on. But they grow up and there's a point at which they can consent. What age should parents ask their children for consent to post pictures? And, and really, what age can kids really understand what it means to consent? So I think it's important at the earliest ages to start modeling it because you're modeling what it looks like to ask for consent. You can also model the thought mm -hmm. process we just went through, like, hey, I just took this picture of you. I really like it. Is this something I should be sharing just with grandma and grandpa? Or is this something I should be sharing with our wider network? Let me think about that. And as they start to get older, you can say, you know, hey, look at this picture. Are you okay with me sharing it? In terms of what age can they start to understand it? I think it really depends on the kid. But overall, mm -hmm. I think kids are never too young to start thinking about the role of consent and that they're people who should have control over kind of their own person and think about others. And for me, it's a little bit like the analogy of being in uh, the sandbox at the playground. And at, from the youngest ages, like if we have our babies in the sandbox and they grab a toy from another kid, we say, hey, we don't take that. Mm -hmm. We ask first, even though we know that as babies, they don't fully process it, but we're just modeling that and starting to introduce that language. Mm, okay, that, that's helpful. So parents are going to decide, they're going to do a balancing um, test. They're going to figure out, they'll ask the question, should I, um, is this something I can post with the world? And and many parents will say, yeah, sure, I can post this with the world. I'm I'm okay. I know the downsides and I'm okay. And that's fine when your children are four and five and seven. I mean, but what happens, what is the point, and, and Naima and I talked about this, but what is the point at which you decide or you should decide that you no longer should be posting on your child's behalf because in effect you are not enabling them to have their own voice in their own community. I mean, I would imagine it's, they would have to get to the age where they could have their own sites, but isn't, is there a point at which you need to step away to give them the opportunity to explore this on their own? I think it's important again, to have that conversation as an ongoing conversation. I wouldn't say there's a magic age per se, Developmentally, many kids may start to become more self-conscious and want more control at around 10. But again, ideally, you're having this type of conversation around their permission and consent at the earliest ages. So it's just built in. And if they're not comfortable with it, they can say it. I, I do want to say for your listeners, if this is something where they're like, oh, gosh, I've never checked with my kids before, it's never too late to start having that conversation um, and to say like, hey, I've been thinking about this and I really should be checking with you. So I'd like to start doing this. And 
Another point there is we also want to have these conversations with our kids because at some point they're also going to be taking their own photos and videos and posting. And we want to make sure they're checking with us as their parents and family members (laughs) as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that I hadn't thought about that. But to set that up as the way that everybody thinks about posting is really helpful. There, of course, will come a time when your children will not consult you. But if you if you set it up early, like that is how how it should be. It, it, I think that's really good role modeling. Just just a quick follow up, though. What about the flip side of that, where your child wants to post everything because they really like the attention <laughs> that they're they're getting on- online. I mean, do you have to be mindful of, you can give them consent, but do you have to sort of draw the line at, at, <laughs> at being at compulsory posting I, I if they want you to? Yeah. I was literally having this conversation with someone about, you know, looking at two different kids. You can have many of you who have, you know, two or more kids can probably think about how different your kids are. You can have one kid who's like, yeah, share everything I do with the whole world. And another kid at the exact same age might be like, I don't like photos. So I think, again, it's talking to them about all of these considerations when posting information. So something else that I might share with my kids, and again, I I share this stuff young, is um, talking about the privacy policies or terms of service of most social media sites. So typically they own whatever you post and they can use it, they can sell it, they can do whatever with it. And I might say, you know, hey, this is something that's concerning for me. As your parent, like I'm not comfortable with, you know, this smiley picture of you being used to sell someone's product that maybe we're not okay with. Mm -hmm. So I think starting to talk with them about that, or again, I'm not comfortable with all of this information being out there so that we can be targeted. I want to have more control over that. Yeah, I, I think it's a good idea for everyone to be aware of that. I don't know, I'm, I'm talking with Naima and other moms, I don't know if knowing that alone is going to stop you from posting because, or stop a parent from ever putting a, their child's face on the screen. But I think it is good for everybody to keep that in the back of their mind in terms of the number of pictures you post, perhaps, and and the kinds of pictures you post. So this is really, really helpful, Tali. And my final question is, do you just have any other suggestions that parents should be thinking about? Any other things that we should be mindful of with respect to putting our kids on our social media pages? And 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 I know one wonderful thing about Common Sense is that they, they're not an anti-tech company. It's more an organization. They're not an anti-tech organization. They're more responsible use of tech organization. So if parents want to be responsible, is there anything else they should think about? Yeah. And, and, and I love that you brought up that point at the end too, because I don't feel like the message is never post or only post, you know, in this way or don't do that. I think it's more about being informed and conscious. And I know I used the term mindful before, but taking all these considerations, like it feels great to share. It's so exciting. And just thinking about who you're sharing with, you know, what kind of digital footprint, you know, we might be creating, which could invite data tracking, marketing and other privacy issues. But it doesn't mean never post. It just means think about where you're posting, what audience, what the purpose is behind that. And potentially, is there another way to post that's in a more private way or with a smaller network of people? And I think ultimately, to me, one of the things I love about being at Common Sense is I feel like It's about us having control and agency and power over our digital lives and saying like, hey, hey, tech companies, you don't get to decide this for us. Like, I'm going to decide it for me. I'm going to think about it and make decisions based on 
what works best for me and my family, not because I feel like, oh, this is too hard or too overwhelming and I'm giving up. Mm, that's great. Thanks so much, Tali. Really, really helpful. Appreciate it. Thanks, Carol. I'm a big fan of the show. I hope everyone listening enjoyed this conversation and that you'll come back for more. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends. For more parenting info and advice, please check out the Ground Control Parenting blog at groundcontrolparenting.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Ground Control Parenting and on LinkedIn under Carol Sutton Lewis. The Ground Control Parenting with Carol Sutton Lewis podcast is a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartMedia. Until the next time, take care and thanks for listening.